Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome, Ken and Cheryl here, and we're with Curtis Miller, Director of Education for the American Farm Bureau Foundation, and we're going to be talking about the importance of farming and ranching in the 21st century. Well, this is an important time of year um, for the Houston Livestock and Rodeo Show here in Houston, and the city hosts trail rides from around the state as thousands are drawn to the international annual charity event. Young people bring their livestock to win scholarships, and internationally recognized bull riders and horsemen of all types compete for very prized ribbons. It is one of the biggest events of the year in which the entire community is involved for weeks on end. The annual promotional Go Texan Day is a favorite for young and old. The event uh, encourages and promotes charitable, educational, and scientific initiatives to breed better livestock and raise improved farm products. To support this worthy cause, our show today features the American Farm Bureau representing our farming and ranching industry. Our guest today will share about careers in the industry as well as how vital the industry is in the 21st century. To introduce our guest, Curtis Miller comes from a farming background himself and has worked extensively in agricultural industry and education. He has a B.S. in agricultural economics and a master's in agricultural education. He currently serves as the director of education for the American Farm Bureau Foundation for Agriculture, where he develops new educational materials, collaborates with state agriculture in the classroom context, and manages the White Reinhardt Fund for Education, which provides internal expertise on um, agriculture literacy and also on shaping the perceptions of the industry for both students and consumers alike. Welcome, Curtis. Well, thank you very much, Cheryl. That was a a long introduction, and I appreciate all the kind words you said. Well, uh, it's important to have a perspective on our guests and their expertise, and so we got some really interesting things to discuss today. Tell us a little bit uh, more about your career and what led you to the American Farm Bureau Foundation. Well, uh, I, uh, I did. Uh, our family was a grew up on a, a dairy farm in Wisconsin, but I uh, decided that uh, I would go on to get a, a degree in ag economics. And after completing my ag economics from the University of Wisconsin, I started out working on the business side of agribusiness with jobs in sales and marketing, distribution. Uh, 
And while traveling for my work and talking with the many contacts I had in the agriculture-related businesses that I served, I started to take note uh, that companies were recruiting and seeking young people uh, to consider a career in agriculture and an agriculture-related business on all levels, sales, salespeople, research, engineering, quality control, communications. I also, being an Ag Econ grad, noticed that there was a growing disconnect for many young people um, and adults about where their food actually comes from and what it takes to get it from the farmer's gate to the marketplace. So I decided after six years in the work world that I would go back to school and get my master's degree in agricultural education and maybe in my own way uh, help change that awareness of agriculture and initially thought that would be in the classroom. Uh, but a wonderful opportunity to educate in a suburban area just outside of Chicago opened up for me and I jumped at the chance to take this uh, message to a mostly uh, urban and suburban audience and help them be aware of how agriculture was part of their lives every day. Uh, I was the uh, Ag Literacy Coordinator for a county outside of Chicago called the DuPage County Farm Bureau. And we provided classroom visits and to communities that surround Chicago and an Ag Expo every year to third and fourth grade students that taught them how uh, one of Chicago's favorite food, pizza, could be traced back to a farmer or a rancher. And then we also developed some summer college course uh, called Teachers on an Agri-Science Bus for K-12 grade teachers. And this involved extensive classroom uh, work as well as guest speaker sessions. And then we took exploratory visits to agribusiness all over the Chicagoland area. And it was an approach to ag literacy that was, had really far-reaching effects for our suburban and urban audience. And we could convince those teachers, hopefully, after the class was over, that their subject matter could be talked from an agricultural perspective. And this was very important. They should include it in their own classroom and give their resources, and we gave them resources and curriculum to do it. So after working with these type programs and building awareness and understanding uh, and an opportunity to tell the story of agriculture on a national scale, it presented itself to me. And the American Farm Bureau needed a new director of education, so I applied amongst a large field of applicants and was selected to head up their agricultural literacy program. Uh, we develop curriculum and resources on a national reach and scale, and I've been the director of education here for almost two years, and I enjoy and re receive great satisfaction from my work. Curtis, are you represented at the Houston Livestock and Radio? I don't know if the American Farm Bureau has a booth down there this year. Uh, we have a, we're a fairly good-sized organization with over 90 employees here in the office. I'm not sure if one of our folks are, are down there. I know some of our members are down there, though, for sure. Well, oh, it's, no uh, doubt about that. It's a fantastic um, show, and uh, for our listeners, if you haven't been, please go. And everything that uh, Curtis says about uh, farming and the importance of it, I mean, is there. It's just, Curtis, it's absolutely amazing to go to the show because not only is it entertainment in terms of you know, stars, country music, and all that stuff. But, I mean, the the exhibits and the animals, and, I mean, it's just unbelievable, literally. It's the largest show in the world, and it's just fantastic to see how many shows there are, how many uh, variety of uh, informational subjects. And one of the greatest things is that so much of it is uh, uh, helping kids, helping uh, kids go to college, FF. FFA does a fantastic job, and as does the rodeo. But it, scholarships for kids going to college and universities, it's just a wonderful show, and I really encourage you to go. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I know those those type of uh, shows and, and those type of educational opportunities and awareness opportunities are available all year long. Uh, I'm sure that even if you don't have a connection to agriculture uh, directly, uh, we all do. Uh, if we get up in the morning and we have breakfast and we put on clothes and we drive to work, we've used agriculture at least three times already through our food, fiber, and fuel, renewable fuel. And for somebody who is attending the show and, and didn't grow up on a farm or a ranch, the information is directly applicable to them because they have used agriculture in their life that day. So I, I know exactly what you mean, and, and, and I actually have you know had my eyes opened up at a show like that, uh, Food for America program through FFA when I was in elementary school. So I know exactly the way you feel about a whole new world of, of agriculture opening up to folks. And you get a chance really to uh, see the animals up close. Uh, they let you walk right through where they've got them all pinned for for the different categories. And uh, of course, you get to watch them. Uh, some of the animals actually perform and so forth with the the bull riding and and the horsemen. They got a number of different contests for the horses. So it's uh, it's quite an inspirational uh, event for young and old alike. I know that making those connections are, are, are so important uh, and for anyone of any age to realize that my food, fiber, fuel started somewhere else and most part it probably started on a farm or a ranch. To, to be able to them firsthand to see that is, is just an invaluable experience. And the way things are going, uh, <laughs> the way gas prices are going, Curtis, we may all be uh, riding horses again before it's all over. <laughs> Well, I know fuel prices uh, are, are on everybody's mind, and they're also on the mind of farmers and ranchers as well. But thankfully, we have we have a voice uh, through the American Farm Bureau and the foundation, um, and so a lot of a lot of uh, of our grassroots efforts start uh, on the county level, and and uh, they tell us what's important to them. And obviously, fuel prices is one of one of those things. Well, and we'd, if we had to start growing our own food again like they did back in the old days, I remember growing up that, you know, we used to have a garden in the backyard, and and so few people now uh, have an opportunity to do that if they're living in the city. Yep. And to uh, to watch the cabbage grow and the carrots and all the rest of it. Yep. Well, I uh, thankfully had that experience while I was young. You know, I live in Washington, D.C. now, and I do not have, you know, any acres around my apartment building. Uh, but, you know, I'm the city mouse in the or the country mouse in the city now, and uh, I think it's just important, even if you can't grow your own food, to know where it came from and to know that it originated uh, with one of our American farm families, I think is, is just very, very crucial. And actually now pretty avant-garde to know where your food comes from. Curtis, does your organization lobby in Washington? Well, let me tell you a little bit about the vision and the mission of the American Farm okay, Bureau. Okay, great. Uh, the American Farm Bureau is the unified national voice of agriculture. They work through, we work through grassroots organizations uh, and strengthen the lives of rural Americans and build strong, prosperous agricultural communities. And that's, that's the basic mission, the mission for, for the Farm Bureau. Uh, the Farm Bureau is the largest national forum organization, and we have more than 6 million member families across the United States. Our board and our leadership here have asked the foundation, which is who I work for, uh, with, and given us the mission to build awareness and understanding and a positive public perception of agriculture. And that's really where my job comes in, is to help with building the awareness, the understanding, and the positive public perception. 
Well, what uh, uh, percentage of our population, uh, Curtis, is actually involved in farming, and how has this workforce changed over the decades? Well, just like everything, uh, there's a simple answer and a complex answer, so I'll go with the simple answer, if that's okay with you, uh, Cheryl and Ken. Absolutely. The simple answer, uh, according to the last USDA census, is about 2% of our population in the United States own and work on actual farms and ranches. This equals about 2.2 million farms and ranches dotting America's rural landscape. To answer your second question, uh, over the last few decades, uh, basically back to 1980, that number has not changed that much, 2.2 million farms and ranches. In 1980, it was 2.4 million. But if you go back to, let's say, 1935, the number of farms in the United States peaked at 6.8 million. So there has been quite a change from the labor-intensive type of farming of the 1930s and 40s to the type of farming we're doing today. Curtis, technology has played a large part in that as well. I'm sure, uh, I mean, you look at the ranches now and you see these huge, huge, uh, I mean, there are, you know, six or eight or ten rows at a time when, in fact, those are used to be done by hand. Mm-hmm. You're talking about combines, Ken? Combines, exactly. So that has a lot to do with it relative to uh, uh, many fewer people involved in the farming industry. Absolutely. Um, thankfully, technology is increasing, increasingly used on today's farms and ranches. Uh, the USDA statistic that I know shows that 59% of U.S. farms have Internet access now. Farm Bureau survey of our young farmer and ranchers group show that 92% of them use a computer and uh, 46% of them use the Internet for social media, which is another big growth area. So technology and science and have play a very, very large uh, role in agriculture today. And we just have a few seconds here before the, the show of the quarter, but tell us uh, what percentage of the population are involved in other types of, you know, food, fiber, and renewable energy supply. Okay. Will we come back or now? Yeah, we better wait here. We're getting the music. So when we come back, we'll answer that question. We'll be back in a moment. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. That's BetterJobBetterLife.com. 
Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Are you unhappy with your life? Looking to get unstuck from your rut? Are your fears of happiness, love, and success holding you back? You deserve a second chance. Tune in to Second Chances with Susan Armstrong. Each show will help you find your inner success. Whether it's financial success, relationship success, or the happiness and freedom in your personal life. You'll hear from Susan and some of the most influential guests who are talking the talk and walking that walk. Second Chances airs live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to total career success with ken and cheryl dawson do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show please send an email to tcs on air at totalcareersuccess.com now back to the program welcome back ken and cheryl here with curtis uh, miller director of education for the american farm bureau foundation and curtis we, we're about to ask you the question and we got a little cut a little short of time sure but uh... we understand that the very small percentage now are directly involved in farming but there are others involved in the industry tell us a little bit more about that yeah just to just review that we we about two percent of our population actually work and own farms and ranches uh, that equals about two point two million farms and ranches all across the uh, america now, the percent of population involved in the other food, fiber, and fuel um, careers is much larger. Uh, the USDA sources that I've read say that about 21 million American workers, which is about 15% of the total U.S. workforce, has a job which is related to the production, distribution, quality control, and sales of our food and fiber. So that's a significant uh, part of the... Yeah, because you know the growing and the producing of the raw materials are just one part of it. It's, there's a lot of things in between. There's a lot of hands and a, lot, a long journey that that food, fiber, and fuel has to take to get to where it's produced to where we consume it. So that's where all those other jobs come in. Curtis, I don't know this for a fact, but uh, we've been all over Texas, and if I were to guess, I would say that there are far more ranches than farms in Texas. Is that true? Uh, I can tell you the number of farms in Texas is is fairly large. Um, it's uh, I don't I don't know the number of farms versus ranches. Okay. But I know that uh, in in the state of Texas uh, that there are um, about two hundred forty seven thousand five hundred farms. Whoa. Uh, followed by Missouri, which has about 108,000, and then Iowa, which has about 92,600, Oklahoma, 86,000, and then Kentucky, which is about 85,000. So, so those Texas are the top is, five states. Texas is the largest in yep. terms of farms. and They have the most farms. And I would think same is true with ranches. It would, farms and ranches go hand-in-hand, hand, so I, I think you could make that assumption. Okay. 
How about that? Well, tell us a little bit about the, the challenges in the industry today. Well, I think our biggest challenge, um, and I think you'll probably hear this a lot this week, is uh, we're going to need to continue to produce enough food for a growing population on less and less land. Uh, in the next 30 to 40 years, it is estimated that the Earth's population will rise to between 8 and 9 billion people. And that's a lot of mouths to feed. Uh, most of that growth will be in India and China. Uh, we have our disposal about, I'd say, about one thirty-second of the earth as far as land to grow all of our food. And making sure that we limit urban sprawl and plant communities better will go a long way to helping our farmers and ranchers to meet those food needs over the next 30 to 40 years. And so how do you know how much of the world the, the U.S. feeds? Well, I got an interesting statistic I can share with you, um, which it, it'll sort of talk about how, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about how were things used to be done and how are they done now. Um, American farmers are the world's most productive. Today, each U.S. farmer produces enough food and fiber to feed 155 people in the United States and abroad. And that's a great figure. Now, if you look back uh, even, let's say, 20 years back to 1980, the average single farmer only fed about 115 people. If you go back to 1960, the number is 46. And if you go back to 1940, the number is 19. So we've gotten so much more efficient and so much better per farmer on feeding people. And a lot of that has to do with what we talked about earlier, the use of science and technology to get those to get that job done. And it is a ever-increasing job. I mean, it's we are we are gaining population by the by the second, uh, and that's like I said earlier. That's a lot of mouths to feed, um, and farmers have always met that challenge, and ranchers as well. And so uh, we will continue to. Uh, I'm sure of it, but it is a big challenge, and it's something that that we have on our mind all the time when we think about how are we using land, how are we using resources, how are we making this able to sustain over the next 40 years. So, Curtis, one of the things that's uh so tragic in our uh, economic downturn is the number of foreclosures and the number of homeless people. And I was watching a show about the number of kids that go to school who, who not only don't have any food but don't eat at home. And and uh, you know it's just so critical that we provide these uh, uh, services to these families and kids who mm-hmm. desperately need it. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that's a critical part of what you do as well. Yeah, well, you know, farmers and ranchers, they they obviously want everyone to have a full tummy. And uh, as far as the recession goes, you know, just like many people in the U.S., U.S. farmers and ranchers have had it tough. But they're used to having lean years as well as good years. And uh, for the demand for food that we see in the next few years, it looks like there will be some, you know, from recovery for our U.S. farmer and ranchers. Um, And it is obviously important to them that, that we don't have segments of our population or the world population that are going without food. Um, that is something that, you know, that's what causes war, that's what causes problems and strife. Um, and if you can make sure that people are fed, it's it's one of the most satisfying things that, that farmers can do. Well, all you have to do is look at what's going on over in the Middle East right now. I mean, it's unbelievable. In, in Libya, for instance, the Libyans are escaping to the borders and they've got hundreds of thousands of people at the border, and I mean, 
I mean, no food, no water, and you talk about crisis. It, mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable how, uh, yeah. how tragic this could become if it's not managed. Yeah, it would be great if we could all take a page uh, out of Dr. Norman Borlaug's life story. I don't know if you, if you folks know who Dr. Norman Borlaug is, uh, but he was a crop scientist that went to the University of Minnesota and on a Rockefeller scholar, I shouldn't say scholarship, fellowship, moved to uh, Mexico during the 1950s and, and taught uh, farmers and ranchers in Mexico how to grow uh, a disease-resistant wheat variety and help them become cereal efficient or help them feed themselves in about 10 years during the 50s. He did the same thing in, in India and Pakistan during the 60s. And in 1970, uh, he won the Nobel Peace Prize for agriculture and basically is credited for saving millions and millions of people from starvation. Now, uh, unfortunately, he did pass away uh, last September, but his life's work uh, is, is all laid out in a great book called The Man Who Fed the World, which was written by one of his colleagues, Leon Hesser. And uh, we made it our book of the year in 2008. The Foundation, American Farm Bureau Foundation, made it our book of the year in 2008. And we developed a curriculum piece for the high school level to go along with it. And uh, it it really, you know, if, if we can get people thinking about these challenges that he faced during the 50s and 60s, they're not that different than what the challenges that are faced now. And some of it just basically comes down to sharing technology and sharing science with the developing world. And teaching them how to feed themselves. Um, and that's really what his life work was all about. When you look at Sudan and, you know, so many parts of the world where uh, in some parts of the country food is plentiful, but they're using food for political reasons, and it's stacked up in warehouses, and the people who need it are starving to death. It's yeah. Well, thankfully, in my job with education, I, I don't have to hear those stories every day, but I know that goes on. Well, I, I saw that book on the website, and I encourage everyone to uh, to take a look at that because that is uh, something really to think about as uh, we've got the technology and the capabilities of teaching the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's the old story about teach him yeah. to fish and he'll never go hungry. Yep. So teach him to farm, and, yep. and the same is true. Absolutely. Um, National Ag Day is coming up in a couple, just a couple, actually a week from now, March 15th. And so if there's any one time that you could go and, you want to share a book with somebody, that's a, a great one to look at. Um, we do have it available. And right now, we're because of National Ag Week and Ag Day coming up next week, we, we have the book on sale. We also have the curriculum piece that goes along with it for free if oh, you buy excellent. the book. Well, that's uh, good to share. And I guess the timing for the show is really excellent yep. as well. Yeah. If, if people are interested, all they need to do is visit www.agfoundation, that's agfoundation.org, and click on our resources section, and, and there'll be information about the man who fed the world there if they want to get a hold of a copy. There's also some great videos on there that I was watching, so I encourage you to take a look at those as well. Well, yes. speaking of books, Thank you. in Job Search at Total System, we encourage professionals to um, be active in their professional associations for networking and also career development. So share with us, if you would, Curtis, uh, how the association and foundation assist uh, farmers and ranchers. Well, the, uh, the the American Farm Bureau, you know, I told I talked about our mission earlier, and it, you know, our unified national voice of agriculture for our members, working through grassroots organizations, which are usually the state farm bureaus, 
to enhance and strengthen the lives of rural Americans. Uh, one of the big areas that we do it, uh, we are politically strong. Uh, the Farm Bureau represents American farmers and ranchers on the local, state, and national and international levels and have been ranked the most influential farm group in Washington, D.C. Farm Bureau is nonpartisan, but politically active and then helped our members to achieve their goals. We are vocal. Like I said before, we're the voice of agriculture in rural America at local meetings, state legislatures, and some and our nation's capital. We are definitely grassroots, and we're sort of unlike a lot of organizations in this part. Uh, our strength at Farm Bureau lies in our grassroots efforts. Mm-hmm. Farm Bureau is a voluntary organization, and the member families that are, are part of it, that 6.2 million member families, join together to solve our common problems. And uh, anyone who's interested in the welfare of American farmers and ranchers is welcome to join the nation's largest and most influential farm organization, which is the American Farm Bureau. And information on joining you can find on our website, and it's www.fb.org. Well, we just have one minute here, sure. uh, Curtis. Uh, just give us a start on talking about the education for our young farmers. Sure. No, we have a, a, do- a number of different ways we c- that we help out, and and uh, we definitely have you know organizations that we work with, uh, FFA. Uh, we have our own young farmer and ranchers group and a lot of other opportunities that I can discuss when, when we come back. But uh, another thing that we want to, I think, talk about a little bit is our land-grant universities in the United States as well and what a great resource they are. So, okay. Well, we'll do that when we come back from break. Stay tuned for some more insight into farming and ranching in, in our economy and lives. Stay with us. Okay. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. That's BetterJobBetterLife.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to TCS on air at TotalCareerSuccess.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Curtis Miller, and uh, we've been talking about the farming and ranching industry and how important it is in our lives and, and certainly to the future of the world. And uh, tell us a little bit more, if you would. Um, First, about the common educational path for a young person who is interested in this industry. Well, I know that uh, many young folks will start out with an FFA program on the high school level if they are already thinking about farming or ranching as a career. FFA is a great organization to help them pursue that. Uh, they can develop basic skills um, that will help them in, the, in their uh, career down the road, science, uh, Social science, language arts, math. I mean, they they can they can develop a lot of those basic skills and competencies, as well as explore careers and gain leadership skills, which is where FFA really strives. And then um, it'll make it easier for them to choose a job or a post-secondary educational program that fits their interests. And you mentioned um, a little bit about the land grant colleges. You want to tell us a little bit about? Sure. That? I mean, if they if if a young person decides that. Hey, I'd like to go on, uh, after high school. I'd like to go in and and uh, pursue a f- two or four year degree. Um, the benefits of of higher education obviously are very very important. Uh, we have um, about 106 colleges in the United States that have agricultural programs, and 32 land grant colleges that have ag and life science programs, which are kind of the, the program that I went through at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, each year, those universities have um, careers. To have people graduate uh, in the agricultural natural resource programs. About 53,300 young people graduate with degrees in agriculture and natural resources. But the employment opportunities every year uh, are greater than that. There's about 54,400 job openings. So they're constantly looking, they're constantly needing more people to go into agriculture-related um, uh, post-secondary education or jobs because they're never at capacity in agriculture. It's always looking and always has annual openings. And are most of those openings requiring college education, or are there some that are two-year? Some are two, some are four. Some of them you can you can do uh, internship or, or uh, apprenticeships for. Um, 
74% of the jobs will be in a business and science occupation. Uh, 15% of the jobs are in agriculture and forestry production. 11% are in education, which is where I got my degree, and then uh, communication and governmental services. So there are, um, over the next five years, it's been you know projected there'll be this shortfall every year of needing more young people going into agriculture. Curtis, how many of uh, uh, of those uh, land-grant colleges and other schools are in Texas, just out of curiosity? Uh, you know, I don't know that number. Uh, point. Uh, I don't know exactly how many of them are in Texas. Okay. I would I'm sorry, think, I can't answer that. I would think quite a few. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with you. Uh, another great place that, that people can, if, if, if college isn't on the radar or if they want to, uh, if they really want to just get out and starting to farm, uh, there's a great government program called starttofarm.gov, and it's start and then the number two, mm-hmm. farm.gov. Uh, it's a very interesting program. Um, the focus of Start to Farm is to develop uh, a national one-stop source, online accessible beginning farmer and rancher information, mm-hmm. uh, education, training, mentoring, outreach materials. All of them uh, um, are produced and funded through the Beginning Farmer and Rancher Development Program. Mm-hmm. Um, national research and other um, library resources are housed on this website as well. So it's a great place. Uh, it's a clearinghouse, essentially, for information sharing about those who want to go into agriculture or farming degree programs or right into agricultural farming. And tell us a little bit more about the foundation and the um, uh, the bureaus. Program. Sure. You mentioned the Young Farmers and Ranchers program. Yep. Young Farmer and Ranchers uh, is one of our national programs and state programs, and it basically is for Young Farmer Ranchers ages 18 to 35, uh, and it's a program that they can go into to help develop uh, basically leadership skills and technical experience, and they have speaking competitions, not unlike those that were started with FFA. They have debate. They um, have uh, awards and recognition programs on a national level, and they are constantly providing professional development for, for people who are young farmer and ranchers. And uh, it's a great, great program for those who have exhausted uh, the FFA program and who have, you know, aged out of a lot of the other things to go into to keep developing those skills. So when the mantle for leadership comes to them, they're prepared and they're ready to go. And not only that, they can they can become better farmers because they're, they're talking and working with other farmers from all over the United States at, at these conferences and workshops. So they get to learn from one another, and it's it's just a wonderful program. I get a chance to present to them each year at their national conference, uh, which is usually held in February, and it's just, just a wonderful place for them to get together and share and, and also uh, develop skills. And uh, um, this year I presented to them uh, one of our brand-new resources, and we want to – we, at the foundation, we want to concentrate on a, on a sort of a younger age level. So we are developing resources that hopefully will reach that uh, K through 5th grade or K through 8th grade audience. We do have some things that are available for high school students to explore careers. But one of the things that we just developed and premiered uh, this past January was our new online game, which is called MyAmericanFarm.org. And it has a segment to it. It's 12 different um, agriculturally focused but subject matter themed games that deal uh, with career exploration in agriculture. Um, the game I'm talking about in particular, one of the 12, is My Little Ag Me. And it's just kind of a funny name, but it's sort of uh, equivalent to 
a lot of the games that are available for young people out there now, but it actually teaches about careers in agriculture. And it lets the students try out different careers and answer questions about these careers. And then that helps them to figure out, is this for me or not? Uh, I can't tell you how many young people I've spoke with over the past 10 years being involved in ag literacy that said, I really want to, I really want to work with animals. And they think they have to become a veterinarian to do that. And we yeah. know what a long road that is. Yeah. Uh, the truth of the matter is that there's tons of different careers related to animal care that they can go into. For instance, uh, nutritionists. Uh, a lot of those programs are only two or four year programs. Animal behaviorists, the people that help run zoos and probably are available at the rodeo. Uh, a lot of those programs, again, are offered on the technical school or the four-year school level. Uh, some of them you can just apprenticeship into. So you don't have to become a veterinarian to work with animals. Uh, you can help balance their ration, which is the food that they eat. So there's a lot of career things that are available. And we're trying to get young young kids, the elementary school kids, interested with this new effort, myamericanfarm.org. And if you get a chance, I know it's aimed at kids Go on and play. It, it's it's you know you can gain information from each one of the games and there's educator resources as well as fun family activities that are downloadable. And the best thing about it is that it's completely free. We knew young people were going to the internet for information about agriculture, so we wanted to provide something that taught, but was also fun. And we also wanted to show their teachers and their families because we know kids play the computer or use the computer at school and at home how they could go on and, and use this game to teach. So we included educator resources and fun family activities as well. But we know that the younger, or the, 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 at an earlier age, the more they get interested in a career, the more they know about what some of the, the uh, skills they need to build to do it, the better chances they have will, to, to find that segment and find that job that's right for them. So that's why we developed the game. Excellent. And then you also have the Agriculture in the Classroom program, right? Yeah, we work with uh, the Agriculture in the Classroom is a national and a state program. They uh, have a national consortium of the state programs, and we help. We, one, of the, one of the challenges that, that they gave us uh, two years ago was that, to have an online presence. And as a national organization, we were able to do develop MyAmericanFarm.org for them to use. Uh, we tried to provide resources and curriculum for the state programs. And one thing I, I kind of glanced upon earlier but I didn't really go into de- depth on was, you know, we have an, an American Farm Bureau, which is a national organization. Each state has their state farm bureau. But this goes all the way down to the county level. So I'm a member in Maryland. I'm a member of, uh, in the County Farm Bureau in Maryland, which makes me a member of Maryland Farm Bureau. And then I'm also a member of the American. So anything that we develop and, and, and try to make available uh, in my department or any of the other ones in American Farm Bureau is available and accessible to our membership all the way down to the county level to that individual member, that 6.2 million member family. So, um, we try to make them all available through the Ag in the Classroom program and through our State Farm Bureau offices. Excellent. And the, the Ag in the Classroom program is very so much state by state. I, I hesitate to ask or to answer, but uh, every one of them is doing great work on, on a, on a uh, foots on the ground level in their own county um, and their state, and uh, they're just doing wonderful work on, on these basic things. You know, where does our food come from? How can I learn more about it, and how can I go into uh, education and or career in agriculture? And so they're doing the basic awareness stuff locally, uh, and we're hoping to hopefully to provide funding and or resources to help them do that. And then getting back to your, um, your farmers' programs, 
Mm-hmm. AG Lead, is that a different program from the Young Farmers? Ag Lead yeah, is a separate one, and honestly, uh, I'm not the, the expert on that one. I do work with young farmer and ranchers, though, quite a bit. So um, it's a funny thing. There's, there's no single how-to that, that steers young people to the many complexities that are involved in farming and ranching, but I know that young farmer and ranchers helps and is a good place to start uh, when contemplating a, if that would be a career that they would be interested in. Uh, I know it. Curtis, the thing that we really like about it is it's it's so wholesome. It's I mean you see these kids at the rodeo and mm-hmm. and you know they're wholesome and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and mm-hmm. you know it, it, considering all the crazy stuff that so many kids are doing in this country today, it's just uh, very inspirational and motivational to us to see these kids that are really excited about it. And it's a it's a wonderful career. I agree, and I think honestly, if you any any segment of our population, if if they had the support and they had the the um, the opportunities that are offered through um, these type of programs, that they would be just as bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I think that the problem is that there's you know there's a lot of underserved segments that don't know and don't have these type of opportunities currently. But you know we're working obviously to to get as many reaches as we can into urban and suburban areas, and show them that this is a possibility for them as well. Um, I, I, I enjoy the, the chances that I get to go in to speak to urban and the, um, suburban audiences, and, you know, I love to see the, the FFA kids and, and the, and the um, young farmer and rancher groups, but I know that there's a, another big segment of our population that, that haven't been told the story of agriculture, and that's where the challenge is for me, and that's why I have a job, you know, is is that there are you know still large swaths of our of our country that are at least three generations removed from any sort of connection to agriculture and that's the people that really need to hear this story and and we're we're trying our best and trying to provide it in many different ways I talked about the game I talked about a little bit about America's Heartland dot org and America's Heartland TV show um, those are the, the the methods that we try to do to get the word out about it, and we know we need to provide it that way because that's the way young people are getting information nowadays. So, we just have a minute left here. You also have a scholarship program. Uh, you want to share with that? Yeah, yeah. That um, that's a pretty specific who benefits from that. Um, and what uh, Cheryl is speaking about is our White Reinhardt Teacher Scholarship and Mini Grant Program. Every year we offer uh, state farm bureaus and uh, and teachers on the state and county level, excuse me, uh, I should say public school teachers as well as parochial, the ability to go and apply for a scholarship to attend the National Ag in the Classroom Conference, which uh, every year is held in a different state. This year it's going to be in Florida and Fort Lauderdale in June. And we uh, take applications for that scholarship, which allows them to travel to the conference and learn all kinds of different methods to teach agriculture, uh, excuse me, to teach about agriculture in their classroom. So uh, we have everywhere from K through 12th grade teachers that that we send to that every year on a full scholarship. And then we have a mini-grant program, which is a $500 grant for uh, county and state farm bureaus to do ag literacy programming. They may have a great idea in Michigan to do a book barn. They may have a great idea to do a school garden in California. They may be down in Texas trying to figure out how they're going to get young people interested in, in animal agriculture and they have these great ideas, uh, but they don't have the funding to do it. So we provide uh, mini-grants every year uh, to help them do these. And uh, we're going to be announcing our, our winners this week for both of those. And uh, last year we sent 10 teachers to the National 
Second Classroom Conference, and we provided 30 different um, mini-grants to state and county programs to do ag literacy. So uh, if you do the math, you can, you know, that's about $30,000 in funding that went out to state and county programs as well as teachers across the United States to learn and to to bring information resources back to teach in their own communities about agriculture and all the career options that are available through agriculture. So we're very, very proud of that, and we couldn't do it without the support of our Women's Leadership Committee. Okay, we're going to have to take a little break here. When we get back, we'll go and talk about that. Stay tuned for more on farming and ranching. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. That's BetterJobBetterLife.com. Michelle Core Six Degrees is your connected consciousness. Six Degrees is what comes around, goes around radio. Committed to delivering a fresh perspective on thought-provoking, investigative information that can change your life. Six Degrees connects you to the social and emotional scene and is your trusted advisor from finance to romance, mainstream to metaphysical. It's a positive, upbeat look at life, love, and the pursuit of passion. Get connected Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you are listening to total career success with ken and cheryl dawson do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at totalcareersuccess.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Kenneth Cheryl here with Curtis Miller, Director of Education for the American Farm Bureau Foundation. And we learned a lot about the educational programs that both the Foundation and the American Farm Bureau have available, uh, particularly in the last segment. Uh, Curtis, let's talk a little bit more about the job opportunities because you gave us a real um, 
encouraging word that there's a lot of openings, and certainly there are a lot of people right now who are looking for new opportunities, some looking for career changes. Uh, tell us a little bit more of what those opportunities are. Sure. Uh, the USDA puts out a great uh, employment opportunities for college graduates sheet every year, and uh, um, the expected strengths in the job market are in a few areas. One of the main ones is management and business. They anticipate about uh, 25,700 annual job openings in these type uh, career areas. And some of those occupations include agricultural sales, which is uh, what I was in when I first came out of college, environmental compliance, financial planning, food marketing manager, forestry products, marketing, grain merchandising, uh, green industry products, and the green industry is huge in, in many, many parts of the United States. Another one of the uh, expected strengths in the job market area would be science and engineering. There is expected over the next five years to be more than 14,600 annual openings in science, engineering, and related professional specialties. And that includes uh, animal pathology, biological engineering, environmental scientists, food scientists, nutritional scientists, um, plant geneticists and breeders, which is a, a big growth area, especially with our burgeoning population. Uh, agriculture and forestry is another area. Uh, they say there will be over 7,900 annual job openings in agriculture and forestry production over the next five years. Um, some of those occupations include crop management, um, food and animal veterinarians, which we talked about earlier, herd managers, poultry production managers, uh, regional uh, renewable fuel um, crop producers, organic agricultural entrepreneurs, which is a growing industry, seed producers, and restoration foresters are, are some of those priority occupations. And then finally, the area that, that I work in, which is education, communication, and governmental services. They say there should be about another 6,200 annual openings in these areas, uh, education, communication, governmental operations, uh, some of the priority occupations there are climate change analysts, uh, computer graphic technologists, distance education specialists, which I know personally is, is a growth area, uh, agritourism, ecotourism, uh, food safety information specialists, natural resource conservation specialists, and, and the list goes on and on for these um, growth areas in, in job market and agriculture. Thankfully, you know, no matter what the economy is doing, we still all need to eat, get dressed, and, and use that renewable fuel in our fuel in our gas tanks. And Curtis, the so, uh, interesting thing about what you're saying is that uh, farming and ranching is literally a growth industry. And so many times people are saying, uh, boy, you know, what am I going to get into? Everything's going down, nothing's going up. And that's not true at all. You yeah. really have a huge uh, opportunity in your field should a young person decide to go to school for that and, and take that on as a career. Yeah. And I know that we use that number 2% of our, of our population as farmers, and everybody thinks, boy, that's such a small number. But the growth area really is in that more than 21 million American workers or 50% of the total workforce that produce, process, and sell the nation's food and fiber. That's where a lot of the growth area is. And for those jobs, do they need to specialize in an ag degree or not? Well, I know I, I went in and got a degree in ag education, a um, master's degree, and then I went in and did an ag econ degree. I think I just as well of economic knowledge that I gained, I could have I, I could have been a, in a four-year program and something else. Uh, for people that want more information about, I know this is a, a, the Voice America. Uh, I tell you about where the Voice of Agriculture can be found. Mm -hmm. uh, our parent website is www. 
FB, Farm Bureau, FB.org. And there's all sorts of sections that you can explore. There's a for consumers section. There's a newsroom section with all the current information. How to join, if you think you'd like to join, what legal affairs and legislative action is available. All of our programs, any one of them that I touched on today, is available there at FB.org. So explore. I'd encourage your listeners to explore on their own. And uh, um, we're, you know, we got a lot of information available online nowadays. So uh, if you get a chance, check out FB.org and, and see uh, what the voice of American agriculture is. Well, you're you an excellent spokesman for your industry. You are. And, uh, you, are a, uh, you are a pro, buddy, and we appreciate having you on. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, uh, Ken and Cheryl, and I hope you enjoy yourself uh, at the rodeo this week in Texas. Thanks Come a join lot. Us. Have a great, have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you so, so long. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.